Hello and welcome to episode eight of Cherry Jam. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, this week it's just four of us. It's myself, Lawrence Landre or Loz, James Eastwood, Snowy, and Jim Harley. Russ is entertaining his in-laws this week, I think. Uh, so I will uh, we'll, we'll catch up with him uh, next week. Uh, Jim, it was your birthday this weekend. How, how happy, happy birthday, birthday happy, Jim! Happy many happy returns. Much. Um, I had work today, so I was sober um, by late yesterday in preparation. Well done. Congratulations. Very, yeah. very, very well wonderful done. weekend. 39 again, isn't it, mate? Uh, yeah, plus a couple. Plus a couple, mm. yeah. Um, keep, right. keep, keep, keeping me happy is not the oldest here. Yes, exactly. Well, I aim to please, Lars. I mean, you look about 20 years older than me, though, so it's all right. Uh, <laughs> um, right. Uh, so this week, we're going to talk about a couple of things. So first of all, it's um, just we've actually now got fixtures and dates and times for our Gloucester games. Um, and then we've got uh, a warning in, in advance. Uh, I'm going to have a mini rant about some of our fans' responses to the Gloucester season ticket uh, options that they put forward regarding refunds um, and, uh, and missed games and things. Um, a little bit of sleuthing by one or two of our fans uh, regarding some players who may have rejoined the club. Um, an interesting article that's appeared in the rugby paper regarding the salary cap. And then finally, we're going to finish off with our favourite Gloucester try, uh, with the exception that everyone knows our favourite Gloucester try is the James Bailey one versus Wasps. So it has to be a try that isn't that. Um, but anyway, uh, so we'll crack on. Uh, so the first bit of the news this week was that we've now got fixtures, dates, times for uh, the remaining games of the season, which is Worcester. I think the first one up is Worcester next Saturday at half 12. Um, we're not going to do that as our watch party, mainly because Russ is unable to to join us on that one. We want to try and make sure everyone's to get, able to watch it together. Um, also means we can also get an idea of what Gloucester are playing like as well. So just to give you a heads up on that. But um, how, how do we, we all feel a little bit better than we've actually got some definitive dates and times? I no, feel a lot more puts a little more pressure on us with this bloody watch party you've promised them. <laughs> well, I'm just happy that I'm able to arrange whether I'm at work or not for games. It's a bit weird, though, because obviously I'll not be at King's Home or travelling to Six Ways or whatever. I'll be at home watching, hopefully. Uh, but, yeah, it's nice to be able to try and arrange my uh, my life around Gloucester fixtures again like I'm used to. But saying that, the times are interesting, to say the least. Uh, there's a few... Um non-normal kickoff times so we've got a couple of six o'clocks i think half four um on a week on a weekday on a weekday so that's going to be interesting guess it look like we're doing work for half an hour um, <laughs> um that's fine with everyone working from home though isn't it, it makes absolutely no difference <laughs> just 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 you know the phone mysteriously doesn't work at that time um yeah the connection's gone oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't pick up any calls um i'm of course not saying that of course, you've just given that away. I've been giving you a name and then just turned around and told your excuse for not working. It's not really work, does it? No, no. I just no. booked a meeting in for you at that slot, Ed. Yeah, I'm sure some. Yeah, that'll be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> team Zoom call at 4:30 on Wednesday, though, whatever it is. Yeah, that's you, gonna be brilliant. Do you work with any bar fans? Uh, no, I don't. When I do, I do. Oh. I do work with one bar fan. Well, actually, my boss is a bar fan. Mm. Yeah, yeah they, 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 fan. there could be some. Um, Pretty, uh, pretty devious group group per chat planning, couldn't there? To just uh, block it out of your calendar right. now. That's the key. In all fairness, Floyd Boss is a rarity for a bath fan. She's an absolute legend. There's no way. 
she would book anything at that time. She'd do her best. Just, you're looking for there. promotion. <laughs> no, no. I'm just being honest. Genuine, genuine. She's an absolute legend. She would She's got some dirt on you then. No. <laughs> <laughs> she also knows she'd probably get told one way or the other in a in a terminology she would not appreciate that I wouldn't be available at that time as well. But no, she's she's good as gold. I I gotta give credit where it's due. My boss is excellent. I mean I'm the one thing I would the one thing I would say about the the fixtures, obviously we now know it's there is gonna be we're gonna have seven fixtures in four weeks, which is Intense. We then have a bit of a break. We then have a bit of a break because the Champions Champions Cup games um, interfere with the Bath game and the, I want to say, Northampton game. Yeah, because the Bath game is the one that is still to be confirmed, isn't it? Confirmed, yeah. And there's one of the games. You would assume it's going to be the the quarterfinal weekend. Yes, yeah. Um, And and then we'll have a free. So I don't see what the problem is. No, but it's more the fact that I think because there's. It's TV um, coverage, isn't it? There's TV coverage, isn't it? That's the biggest issue. So that's why they. Yeah, I I got it. I got it. Um, but that, that's that's the first part. So that, well, that's good. We've got we've got games that we're going to um, uh, have, get to watch. Also, the part of the um, the agreement was BT Sport showing every single game live. So if you've got a BT Sports package as part of your uh, digital TV package, brilliant, you win. Uh, but if you're a Gloucester season ticket holder, all your home games are going to be shown um, free of charge. You get like a little pass, and you can watch it free uh, via BT Sport, which is excellent. Um, you know, credit to them for that as well. I want to make sure you know they get a lot of stick for all what goes on, but you need to give credit where it's due. The fact that they've done, they are doing this. I know it's exceptional times, but it's, to, to come up with something like that, they don't have to. They have the rights to it. They can put the big V's up to everyone, but they are doing something for people. I, yeah, I think. I think, um, I think what will be interesting is that. King Zone without any crowd at all is going to seem very eerie, isn't it? I mean, when we're away at Saracens, it'll be exactly the same. Or sale. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Any, any sale home man. game is going to be very much the same. Yeah. The sixteenth man, you know, the big, the big plus for for Gloucester playing at home. It'll be there. <laughs> London uh, Irish on a non St Patrick's Day weekend. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Of course, London Irish um, for the remainder of their games this season are going to be playing at the Stoop. Um, yeah, like, oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, unlike uh, yeah, yeah. yeah they, so they're no longer they're no longer going to be playing at uh, Reading. The, the remainder is that of the contractual thing. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, the remainder of the they're going to the Brentford game. Right? Brentford, Brentford game, the new Brentford right? Community Stadium from next season. Um, so that that's so that's that's going to be another change. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, think actually that's sorry to interrupt. I think that's going to be really good for them because that stadium holds seventeen or eighteen yeah. thousand. Seventeen thousand. Mm. and that would be perfect for them so they could do the they, they will no doubt try and arrange a bigger stadium or, or have some sort of deal with maybe even Reading again for the St Patrick's Day weekend for the rest of their fixtures I'm sure they can get five, six if they get five, six, seven thousand and hopefully they'll tap into some of their old support by being a bit nearer to London they can then get maybe even as much as 10,000 in there and that will give a lot better atmosphere. Of course, this is all post-COVID when that's all buggered yeah. off and we can go back to normal living. But to, we, can, we, we can only talk in that terminology because we don't know how long everything's going to go on for. No, but you, and I you, think you, that for the good of them down the line, I appreciate they still don't own their own stadium, but I think going into a stadium, it's going to be a lot more atmospheric and I think they'll get more advantage of playing it's, there. It's a nice compact stadium there. as well. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but talking okay. about this season... Uh, you say about how many games we've got in such a short period of time. Well, how many games is the Stoop going to be hosting in this short period of time? If they're doing, obviously, the Quins and the 
and the Irish games. I mean, if we have a period of wet weather, which, you know, September, October could well have, that pitch will be absolutely destroyed. What surface have they got at the stoop at the moment? I think they got what we got. I think they got what we got. It's not quite Um, as good as ours, but yeah, it might be... um, well, we got one of the top surfaces, haven't we? But they yeah, got, but um, is, is it a slight, slight synthetic? It's yeah. it's grass. It's grass it, 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 with it's a bit a, of plastic. It's a similar, it's a similar sort of principle, behind, just not as good a version no. of what we got. I think. I, I think mean, I might be wrong, and I'm sure someone will take great delight in proving me wrong on the internet. I, but I think it's always good news when teams move away from big football stadiums that they yeah. can can barely fill. And London Irish is probably the prime example of that. I think was potentially in a bit of trouble and might have to look for another move as well so that could be pretty much every team out of those big soulless bowl stadiums with well, it, it, yeah well, it'd be interesting to see yeah but that, that's that, that's I would, I quite well attended that. isn't it that's yeah the that's the thing wow. it, it depends it, how it's going to affect team ethos doesn't it it, it does it does whether it affects <laughs> yeah indeed um yes one for you um, there Russ no. um no, one thing Yes. One thing I wanted to just move on to. Now, this is kind of tied in with the um, the season ticket options. And I'm going to apologise now because this is going to be a bit of a rant from me. And I'm not one for rants on this podcast. But uh, yeah, so, we haven't done that before. No. So other people have. <laughs> I haven't. Um, so Gloucester Rugby this week announced the final terms of the three options to season ticket holders of the 2019-20 season. Uh, they were option one. You could basically donate the money that would have been given back to you um, because we haven't had the games. Um, that ma- amount of money will be put towards the uh, stadium. Sorry, not stadium, training ground. Tra- training facilities. New training, new training facilities, uh, which are yet to be announced. Um, and uh, all those who donate, all those who contribute, will have a name on a plaque or part of the, st- uh, of the, of the complex. Yeah, I think um, the issue with that, um, Ed, was... It's not going to be like a, a brick on the wall like we had previously where you could have that. It's kind of your names on the wall. So it could be quite small, a very big wall with a lot of names on. And I mm. think just th- there maybe needs to be a little bit more clarity on exactly what that yes. would entail. That's fine. Because people I get are that. paying quite a lot of money potentially for that. Yeah, I get that. And I, I'm, I'm appreciative of it would be nice to know what that will entail. I have no problem with people maybe asking that question, saying, what would it, you know, what's the design going to be like? I think it's important the club for us, the club to come out and actually detail specifically what the thing's going to be fairly soon. And they're saying Artists they're going to do that. And things like that. Yeah. yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, the second option, which was that the money that, again, this money that you're owed um, would be put onto your membership card, your membership ticket, uh, and it would be used, you could use it for having a beer. So potentially there could be 100, 150 quid's worth of beer on your Season ticket for next season. Couple, couple of matches, isn't it? As a few matches, yeah. That's you know maybe that, one for you, two or three for me. Going to be tasting good after a few months in the pipe as well. Yeah, <laughs> lovely. Now they sold um, all that. Yeah. yeah, they did sell all that. Yeah, I know. Um, then the third option is that if you didn't want to donate, for example, and, and this is totally understandable, if you either were furloughed or out of a job or were financially struggling because of COVID, um, you can ask for a refund. The club will give you the refund, but they can't confirm how much the refund will be because, specifically, they don't know how many games. It's prorated, first of all, but how many games are going to be behind closed doors? They could all be all of them. It's going to be all of them. Yeah, it could be, but we don't know for certain, Lawrence. And I think the point, the argument being is, at the end of the day, the club, under the terms and conditions of the, the membership, 
don't actually have to give any money back because under it says no, 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 no. But it's, it's this season's games. It's going to be this season's games. We know that none of the season's going to be played in front of a live crowd. It's pretty clear that's going to happen. Yeah. So okay, there, that's a, fine. any hope of that went at the start of the month when that when um, Aintree, not Aintree, uh, Goodwood's Racing got cancelled. That was one yeah. of the one of the uh, test events, the trials, the, the yeah. Yeah. So it's just yeah. not going to happen this season. Yeah, but so but, it, but to that for point, for though, home game, so prorate it over the season. It's yeah, six well, weeks worth of wait, money, basically. It makes perfect sense to wait until the end of the season to then. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but you can get some sort of idea roughly in your head. It's six to eight weeks but worth yeah, of money. If you if you're a bit concerned about how much it is, just divide the season into how many games there would have been, and then take take how many games there would have been. It's about a third, isn't it? It's about yeah. a third. So roughly, it's about a hundred. I mean, I've worked out it's probably about 150 quid's worth, give or take. So if I'm a you know I'm a silver. I'm yeah. a silver, yeah. I'm a silver season ticket well, holder. I'm, I'm a concessions shed. Yeah, I get a little bit of discount. So, you know, mine's not a huge amount to be honest. I'm a the gold season ticket holder, and I don't get anything. It's 500, 530 quid last year for me. Well, and, that's the I'm, issue, isn't it? And it's five, ma- it's five matches maximum. It's only the home matches. You don't get the away ones. No, no, that's hundred quid. hundred quid. I think the thing is right. They've presented options that cover the entire spectrum you either get all your money back or none of your money back and they, i just can't understand how people can complain when they've got the full range of options yeah, to yeah. You, you, you can't complain but what you, what you what i find a little bit funny is that me who pays significantly less than lawrence for a season ticket mm. will basically be, be donating massively different amounts of money to get their name on and, yeah, and I, 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 I get, get that, that. But, but you you could argue you select your season ticket value based on how much money part, you've got. Partially yeah. based on. <laughs> so Lawrence, Lawrence is wealthy. He has a gold seat. I'm a skinflint, and uh, I stand in the shed. I'll take that. Yeah, um, but I mean, what, it, the, if you don't like that, option, you just you just take the refund option, right? Yeah. But the, I suppose the point here for me, and this is the ranty bit, and I, I'm I, again, I apologise in advance. So the ranty bit for me here is. I've noticed, particularly on social media, and we keep saying this, social media is not real life. It is not reflective of the majority of Gloucester fans. But I tell you what, well, mm, I tell you what, the ones who are, and I'm, the ones who really have stuck out this week are the ones on social media. And they're the ones who are somehow managing to complain that not only, um, that the, the, the key bit is if you get your refund, you are no longer a member of this. You, you cannot have a membership for this season, 2019-20. So you don't well, get yeah, any of the benefits. Saying, surely. <laughs> because exactly. Because on the basis that you have given up your membership to get a refund, something yeah. that you wouldn't normally do, uh, you wouldn't normally be guaranteed or get uh, under the terms and conditions of the, the season ticket. And yet these same people are saying, that's not fair. Why should I give my membership? I just want my money back. That's oh, of course, one. but it's the same thing. Can I have my cake it. and eat it? Exactly, yeah. cake and eat it stuff. The second one is it's um, it related to the way that um, if, for example, we are able to go and watch games again, the uh, somebody suggested that it should be based on people able to go go and watch a game. It should be based on uh, how much money you pay for your ticket. So Lawrence, being a gold member, should be guaranteed <sighs> tickets because he's paid more than Jim. It was a concession holder in the shed. I get a feeling it wasn't. Right. It wasn't. I agree, one hundred percent. I agree that, wholeheartedly, one hundred percent. That opinion, that opinion <laughs> didn't come from somebody who stands at the thump end, did it? I don't no, think no. it did. No. <laughs> and I, I also think... clarify, it didn't come from me as well. No, that's fair enough. <laughs> I, 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 I might, but you know, 
can I give an opinion on this as someone who's actually yeah. it's relevant? We got both ends of the scale because of the nature of the fact that Jim's one of our heroes, and I'm not taking a piss by that, but he, you know, he works in one of our essential services being a fireman. I fully support him having the discount for doing such. I really do. The people who work in that industry or, or you know, in, the, in our essential services that help us out, fire, ambulance, NHS, police, all that, I agree 100%. I wholly support. Well, it's good. I, have, I, have I, have to <laughs> I don't get to go to every yeah. game because of yeah, my shift. Yeah, but if I have to... No, but the point I'm trying to say is if my season ticket's £10, £15 a year more just to support someone like yourself, then I, I, I'll agree with that because I know you'll buy me that back in beer anyway. But no, do I say that out loud? Sorry. Um, but no, all joking aside, as someone who pays more than what Jim does... I 100% wholeheartedly agree that I should have a ticket over him because he's a cheapskate. No, um, <laughs> no, no, no. no. It, it's something I've not really thought about. I mean, it is actually relevant for me. Where would I stand? That's a good question because I genuinely haven't thought about it. But it doesn't um, make you a bigger f- supporter, does it, Lawrence? Oh, God, no, 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 make, no, no. Well, you could, you could say, well, I've had a season so ticket longer than you or things like that. Uh, you know? yeah, or if yeah, you've had a well, season ticket for 46 years, then you're guaranteed to come in. Yeah, and if you've got you're five foot four, four and I'm six foot four, so I am a bigger supporter than you. Yeah, by volume I, you are. Literally, literally. Snow is <laughs> looking exasperated. It goes. I, I, I just can't think of a fairer way that the club could have. I agree. It's just one of those. It's one of those that I, I really, for the, the from a personal point of view, I want to go back and watch again. But from a club in an awkward situation point of view, I really hope they don't go down, end up in that situation where they have to make a decision on giving options as to who can go and who can't go and who is more rightful for going than others. If you go, I can kind of see to an extent where people are coming from, right? If you've paid more money, but that's just, there's a choice aspect on it. There will be people who stand in the shed because they love standing in the shed who could afford to be in the grandstand and pay the extra money. And why also, would they, why would they, why would they, why do they deserve less right to go and watch a game than someone Well, they don't, themselves? they don't, do they? That's the no, thing. there's also no. an aspect of the fact that the shed, um, I mean, this is a, a, a general comment, that if you stand in the shed and you've had your space for 20, 30 years and your space is on the halfway line and you're just, you know, that's, that's where you stand every week, you're getting a fantastic view, significantly less cost than someone like Lawrence who sits more or less on the halfway line. Yeah, we're pretty uh, much opposite example, each other. Bad example, I'll just go there, bad <laughs> example of me, as I used to stand on halfway in the shed and then when they built the new stand because of that, my father had a brain uh, brain surgery and was uh, not capable of standing in the shed mm. for the hours on and that was required, we made the decision to get into the new grandstand whilst we could so we could get a premium seat. That's yeah. why I pay more than what but no, we but the argument. Decision. But the argument being is that someone in the shed who gets as uh, technically a superior view to say somebody who sits in the corners of the grandstand, yeah, will end up paying less than someone who sits in the corners of the grandstand. So, and then under the under the logic of this particular social media post, the person in the shed um, is 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 going to be it has to stand for five hours a day because they they have to get there early, and they're being detrimentally affected. Someone who can turn up five minutes before kickoff and sit in the corner. So the thing it's is, they've they. <sighs> If they get to the place where they do have to determine who can come and watch a game, it's not difficult to carve that up because there are a number of games. So if you don't get priority to one, you get priority to another. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you can't make it, you've still got that option for a refund for those 
games potentially. So you I could think, potentially do that. Yeah, yeah. I think prioritizing people that are donating, donating if you like to say, or not asking for a refund for their season ticket seems mm-hmm. like a really good way to give them an advantage of sorts because they're yeah. helping to keep the club alive. Which sure, surely at this point you've got to look at the bigger picture, which is yes, it's your money, so ultimately you have the yeah. right to get it back because games aren't being played but at the same time the survival of the club is in the interest of everybody that wants to go and watch Gloucester and watch rugby in the first place yeah yeah the thing is though that goes like saying that if you if you don't surrender your money you have a right to a game if they then allow them back in and if you decide you wanted your refund you pay your money takes your chances is what the phrase is isn't it yeah and you they, they say you no longer become a member i think basically what they're saying is Bear in mind, if you have your money back, if we can then, in the hopeful event, because let's not go down the route of why, why the club wants to play people back. They want them back for obviously two reasons. One, because it helps the team, two, because they've got income. But ultimately, you can't turn around and say, I want a refund, and then be pissed off if you don't get uh, if the club are allowed to allow people back in, and they want money off of you to go and watch the game again. And that's why you say you'll no longer be a member. And I think there's a few people, I haven't, I must admit, I've been quite naive to this because I purposely stay naive to um, people's opinions because it, it, it's a silent majority at the best of times and normally it's only a, a few who have their opinions and are quite vocal about it. So I deliberately try to stay away from it so not to be biased one way or the other. And I, I, Ed, you mentioned this as the first I've known about it, but it just, honestly, people, if you want your money back, have your money back. Don't complain if you don't get anything for it. I don't think we're going to see clouds anyway, are we? I think it's probably a moot point. Yeah. Um, this is, it is a new point, kind yeah, of but... a hell of, I, I hope for the club's sake because it'll make life a hell of a lot easier for them yes. from a personal point of view I want us to go back but from a club's point of view my god let's not have that whole issue of people being idiots and then it'll be those on social media as Ed said right at the start of the piece that will cause a problem I bet yeah. you know possibly the bigger question is whether we'll, allowed full, we'll be allowed full crowds back at the start of next season no, mm. that's the other issue. Yeah, exactly. they, haven't, they haven't announced season ticket d- details for next season yet, have they? I mean, they've announced when the season well, no, I've, so I've been paying for the last five months my season ticket for next season. So they've well, yeah, some, some people pay by direct debit. Yeah. Some people pay by direct debit. And I think that probably puts another spanner in the works because people have already cancelled their direct debits for the current I no, no, so, so but some people I know, I know some people because have to, unfortunately because of the financial constraints, they have to. Uh, they have to. Um, whereas I, I pay in full, you know. Um, I pay yeah. up for, um, for the season, so I'm still kind of a full season to get older, I suppose. Can I just clarify, I'm by no means Mr... No, despite what my friends on this podcast are trying to point out, I'm by no means Mr Moneybags. I'm just fortunate, <laughs> I'm just fortunate that, I mean, that I have been absolutely flat out with work since COVID-19 hit, that my life has not changed other than the fact I now work from home rather than going to the office. You were moaning earlier that you've had four holidays cancelled. Four books pre-COVID. I mean, a normal person three, three doesn't have a holiday four, four times. And his Mercedes well, yeah. is due in for service. I don't drive in Mercedes, I drive the BMW. <laughs> I, yeah, I, knew, I, I didn't want to put you into that position on the podcast. No, you cued him up for that. <laughs> no, him up, yeah. But also, I mean, to be I fair, I'm The holidays are visiting family. Okay, we have family who live in various different countries. It's a fishing rod here, mate, somewhere. Yeah, fishing, yeah. And, yeah. and you've caught the bait well and truly. Well done. But um, for those listeners who are interested, Lawrence is currently sat in his uh, spare room wearing a top hat monocle. 
and full tails. Um, anyway, that, next that's on... better than what he's actually doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's got anything on at all. No. Um, one thing I would just say, one yes, thing Jim. I would just say, just on on the whole refund issue, um, for for any of our listeners that haven't decided what they're doing, have a think because the default option is number one, which donate. is donate to the donate, club. Donate, yeah. So don't do nothing and expect to get your money back. Yes, and by the way, the deadline is next Friday. Uh, so that's 14th of August. So if you haven't made your decision by then, and uh, you, you, you basically, congratulations, you've donated to the new training. And facility. I haven't had a letter from the club outlining these options. Uh, I've had an, I have had the email, and they well, also got say, it I haven't had an email either. I've have you had, not? I, I've heard, Jim, I've heard because I'm in the loop. Yeah, we I've heard because I'm in the eight weeks ago. You don't get the club emails. Fact, yeah, Lance, just... I've told Lance I don't get the emails, and they're looking into it. They know lots of people don't get the emails. Jim, but we I established this twenty weeks ago when we went to the gym with the beer tasting. You don't get the emails. Well, it's not my fault. <laughs> Did you, anyway, you were the one who clicked unsubscribe. <laughs> Unsubscribe to all the marketing rubbish. Not to. Do you want to have a season ticket anymore? <laughs> anyway, and that, ladies, <laughs> that ladies and gentlemen is why you should listen to the Cherry Jam podcast. Indeed, we tell you the news every week. Public service. We tell you all the news all the time. Fitting in with COVID nineteen. Fitting in with COVID nineteen. You need to do something about your season ticket unless you choose not to do something, and therefore they will treat you as though you've not done something, and therefore you will donate it to the club. And wear a mask. And wear a mask. And don't wear, wear a mask. mask. Don't go out, go out. But the, Unless uh, you don't have to wear a mask, and then you don't need to wear a mask. Right. I will now try and move this thing on, because it's very important <laughs> to try and move this thing on. Um, so the second part of the podcast is going to be uh, about one little brief little snippet of, of very good sleuthing by one of our, uh, one of our listeners, I think. And secondly, um, a more interesting conversation about the salary cap. Welcome back. So the second part of the uh, pod is going to be firstly about a very little bit gr- cracking bit of sleuthing uh, by uh, one of the uh, Gloucester supporters on social what media. You tell me, Lawrence. You were very. You, you, you <laughs> Go on. You you know what it is. Come on. Come on. Well, fair play. It's um, Charlie Beckett, isn't it? He's uh, seems to have managed to get his um, significant frame into a couple of the pictures. Yes. So there was a probables possibles game apparently. Uh, held at Hartbury last week. Um, and there was a f- couple of posts put up by Gloucester Rugby. And um, I think initially, interestingly, it was uh, former of, formerly of this parish, now down with Bristol, John Afoa, who mm. spotted that Charlie Beckett is was in the in what in the one of the photos. And that Crack was and Yeah. So if if Crack if he's if he's if he's back with the squad, it's a lovely bit. Of, it's a great bit of depth. Can play back row and second row. Um, he's a, and, I have to be honest, he, and, and I will be honest as well. Yeah, leadership. He's he's is. I've met him a couple of times, and he's an absolute cracking bloke. I think he won a community yeah. award um, yeah. a couple of years ago in his last season with Gloucester before going off to Jersey and stuff. And he genuinely is one of the nicest people you could ever meet in rugby. It, 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 He's so nice. He's such, such, such a is. nice bloke. It's a good look for like swap, but we've unfortunately, well, for whatever reason, the Linsel situation didn't work out. That mm. looked like the, the big romance, romantic return, didn't it? Someone who was from this area come back and now, unfortunately, 
has uh, he was destined to be the 18 captain and the 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 premiership cup captain um when those games were played and it for whatever reason he seems to have gone um after just one season which we don't know about so we've cut there's no point in speculating on it but he kind of replaced charlie beckett both in position and stature and leadership mm -hmm. now now the the reverse has happened which is why i think is an absolute cracking sign in in getting charlie back i don't know charlie personally um i do enjoy his interacting with him on social media being a liverpool fan and um his other specialization on social media being um what some people will deem the god-awful shit american wrestling but as someone who like i did wonder where were you going there to be honest with your specialization <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. As, as someone who, who enjoy, enjoys that um I, I i quite like following his opinions on it um but with regards to the more serious thing and matter in hand because that's a complete irrelevance on it the um his leadership skills and second row abilities and back row, as you say, it's just what we need in a position we're actually a little bit understaffed on. I don't mean in first team, I mean in those games where other players need to play. They need someone who can lead them and experience and go with that. Mm. Charlie himself would probably admit he's not going to be an international, but he 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 knows his position, knows his role, and he, he's going to... Um, He's going to do what he does really well. Again, it's, it's about managing a quantity of games with a reduced salary cap. Yeah, um, in a very short period of time. Yeah. It, it definitely feels like we are starting to, in those key positions, just make sure we've got the numbers there. And then mm -hmm. not only that, taking that into next season as well, because it's, you know, it's not a lot of time. No, no, exactly. Um, and it kind of leads us on, being John Afoa uh, of uh, Bristol Bears, uh, to an article that was in... Um, and I've got to be very careful here. An article <laughs> in the rugby paper uh, today, um, Neil Fissler, who I think I think probably most of us would agree, you, Neil Fissler. I will take some of it with a pinch of salt. Some of it, there is obviously some decent journalism there. Take your take your pick, take your choice, whatever. I think, I think personally, just to touch on him, he's one of the better ones. In all fairness, he's he's not always right, but you you look at some of them on there. And they're just nowhere near. He's probably got a forty to fifty percent success rate, which, given how some of them are, it's yeah. And that's what the argument being is I mean, that a lot of the time it's agent talk, and he's getting fed stuff. Oh, by he flings a lot of shit at the wall, though, and some of it sticks. Yes, well, I think that's a fair. That's a fairly um, uh, yeah. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, yeah, good. Conclusion. Welcome to rugby journalism. Well, yeah, when it, when it comes to sports journalism, I think is well, yeah. Right. When it comes to rumours, especially, and this is the same thing because there was a thing just to go on the, just to put this into perspective with Sky Sports, and um, I don't know this is a case for definite. I'd just like to put that caveat out there, but I heard a rumour that Sky Sources were basically when they heard about Sky Sources, you heard something like uh, it was their betting site were allegedly throwing something out there just to change the odds. Yeah, there has been allegations of that. Is the allegation, the rumor, allegedly, and all that yes. bollocks to cover my back? Yes. Uh, happy birthday, Bob Rumble, by the way. Yeah. Um, happy birthday, Bob Rumble, our very important lawyer. Moving back to the article itself, which is the important bit here, it was uh, Neil Fisler has uh, suggested that one of the teams currently in con in uh, competition for the top four is being investigated by the Premiership Rugby under the salary cap regulations. So for once, Gloucester being god-awful and dreadful means that we're not in the running for this. Um, so well, realistically... Yeah, we're only nine points off. Yes, but realistically, 
the the, the <laughs> clubs currently in place that that would potentially be challenging for a top four place are Exeter, Sale, yeah. Bristol, yeah. Northampton, yeah. Uh, Worcester, Wasp. Irish. No, Wasps. it's not Worcester. It's Wasps and Bath. I'm looking at the table. Wasps and Bath. Right. So, yeah. I think it's difficult to say anything too conclusive and too. Uh, yeah, too conclusive. That's, that's a good Bristol. word. <laughs> <laughs> yes, possibly. I, think, yeah. I mean, I yes. That. I mean, the, the the there are a couple of clubs. I think certainly a club in the northwest and a club in southwest probably are the two prime suspects on this well, one. Well, there's two clubs in the they, southwest. They've got some rather impressive squads, haven't they? They have well, got some very that. impressive squads. I think Sale. Everyone, was, likes, Sale. To, everyone likes to exclude Exeter from these things, but they've got they they've certainly recruited rather well in the last few years they have they yes to. i i will say they, they definitely i mean the one thing i would say is it it would it would be almost remarkable for a club considering how long the saracen thing has been going on for which is you know been about a year now for a club to have fallen foul to the regulations now so soon so yeah. soon is almost it's stupidity beyond belief because it's almost like Saracens, you know, it, it, when, when they were, well, no, 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 because what we were doing was actually okay, technically. Morally, no, but technically, yes. Mm. Has someone found another loophole and they're playing the same sort of game? Possibly. I, I kind uh, of think it, that's why I think it would probably be unlikely to be Sale, because they're, they're what looks like, hmm, they've brought in quite a few very good players in a short time frame. It's more recent. They seem, um, yes, they seem to have some sort of harmonious group which has built through the years. They've brought a few extra players in that are well, safe to, to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So what? Who cares where they we come are, from? They have, we, they have added to their squad. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steve Diamond yeah. was saying that they, were, that they were well below the cap, which is why they could afford to a laggy. And actually, you look at Sale, you know, over the last 10 years, and they have been underspending. Jeez. You've got to give Steve Diamond credit because he he's done for remarkable with the money that he's had available. Um, in the last few years, because he has said that they've not been able to, he, he's kept them, not just in the Premiership, kept, kept them competitive for the Heineken Cup for the last four or five years. Um, and he's he claims he's worked on a significantly lower budget than everyone else. And if that's the case, which with the way they recruited, that once they got a new owner, so they could afford to pay for that, you have to turn around and uh, um, we know no reason otherwise to believe that. That he has been, that has to be the case. And credit to where it's due, he's done fantastic. Um, he, he has his moments where everyone doesn't like him, but... We're just jealous, has, really. Well, <laughs> to be honest with you, what he's achieved with, credit where it's achieved, what he's achieved with the money he's had available, I'd be amazed if it's sale. Um, but there is there there in with that. What are we looking at? It'd be interesting with Bristol. That was my one. Not that I doubt they've um, gone over the um, the the salary cap limit. I don't because Pat Lamb says it's easy to stay within that. But it's going forward with what, how they're going to deal with only one marquee sign and having just signed with Rada. And then you've got Sinclair and Hughes, both on half a million a year. That's taking a, allegedly. That's 20, allegedly on that much money. But if that's the case, that's 20% of the salary cap on two players going forward. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't think whatever club this is being investigated, I don't think it will be on at this split point in time because teams have to be yeah, allowed be time before. to adjust to the new rules. Yeah. So yeah. It'll, be, it'll be a historical investigation. It'll be last season, season before, basically. Yeah. 
you. That's probably the likelihood. Yeah, because um, this season, this season's actually a season and a you know season and a half almost, isn't it? Like financially. Almost, yeah. Um, right, so what we'll do is, um, I, I think we've managed to cover that off without getting sued, so that's good. Um, we'll just <laughs> we'll we'll move on. We'll wait and see. We'll move on. That's my editing technique. It's going to be uh, to the fore here. Uh, we'll move on to the, the final part of the podcast, which is to discuss our favourite Gloucester tries, um, with the exception of Bailey versus Wasps. <laughs> Right, the final part of the podcast is to discuss our favourite ever Gloucester rugby try. Uh, now, as as I keep saying, the 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 best try ever scored by a Gloucester player is the uh, Bailey try versus Wasps. Uh, so we can't include that one because we'd all say it. So we're going to go with Snowy first. What's your favourite try that Gloucester scored? Go. Yeah, so of course I wanted to go for that Bailey try myself. Yeah, so no, that's that's not looking uh, not looking um, further afield at all. Um, I'm going to go for Ryan Lamb in the same game because, well, arguably that was actually the better try. Uh, maybe didn't quite get the uh, the same crowd response um, when he dummied from. I think we turned it over on our own line. We did. Um, he again, uh, similar sort of situation. And he dummied um, from the 22 when. Yeah, dummy from the 22, and he finished it as well, didn't he? Yeah. So he um, dummied from the 22. It went out to, I want to say... No, it didn't. He done it from the 22 and just... He, um, basically, the ball in his hand stayed in his hands and Joe Worsley's head went the other way. That was the finishing there. That was the finishing bit. So and what happened was... Yeah, so what happened at the beginning of the try, if I remember correctly, was he dummied from the 22, went to um, Hayden Thomas, I think, or Morgan, then went inside to Hayden Thomas. Hayden Thomas basically did this sort of, almost like a quarterback, quarterback slide towards the yeah. 22 yeah. Uh, the ball got recycled uh, Lamb had the ball was running towards 22 did an amazing dummy Worsley, and then Joe, wasn't it? on yeah, Joe Worsley, Worsley the and then way, yeah. darted through under the post yeah um, and um, yeah. the thing about that game was that we didn't even though we obviously know them all well now because we had a few seasons with that squad like a lot of those were young players that we didn't know much about at all um, yeah. it was one of Ryan Lamb's first games um, and he that that was when he was at his best, really, when he hadn't been, he hadn't been sort of. Um, no one had put too many ideas in his head. He was just playing on instinct. No, the, the control hadn't been placed on him at all. Um, yeah. He was just playing pure instinct, and they they weren't expecting it at all. Um, and Lamb completely bossed that game. Um, it's, he was, it's, he was it's, willing to try anything. It's a game when so I wasn't actually at the ground. I was down in Swansea University watching in a pub. Uh, and you so call we, yourself a supporter. I know. All of the games to miss, it was that one. So I was in a pub in Swansea. And the one thing that was interesting, you know, I, I think this is the same for people who were at the ground. Even though we lost that game, there was enough in that game that you thought, God almighty, this is the hell of a team. It was the happiest you, I've ever walked out of yeah. games home, having lost by 10 points. Yeah. And the other thing about that, that, that game was... We were winning quite comfortably. We went up by 10, 12 points, I think, with about 20 minutes to go. And at, I think, 18 minutes to go, uh, Dean Ryan took Lamb off and put Mercier on. Yeah, and but I, I, think, I think what happened was what we oh. have been, both sides have been playing an incredible open game of rugby with the ball being flung around. And it was end-to-end stuff. And, and we had got ourselves into the lead. And Wasps were an excellent side at that point. And hmm. they were, realized, were they ever. Bloody hell, were yeah. they ever. And they realised, look, guys, 
we're playing some excellent rugby throwing this back and forth but if we keep it going we're going to lose this game and they just tightened down the hatches the game changed yeah. and they it was just forward orientated it, and they just ground us down at the end it was one of the most logical and sensible rugby decisions that you could ever make which for all the right reasons why we and there weren't there, there couldn't be too many there would have been people in the ground who would have said it's a wrong decision but anyone who had a sense of how rugby should be played would have turned around and said it was the right decision to bring the pragmatism of Ludo on when we were in front to then just ping it in the corner you knew that any penalty Rothstein couldn't give away a penalty in our own in their half because Ludo could go from halfway no matter what whether it was on the touch yeah. line or or what and there was a good chance he'd ping it over as well. So that they, they, it kept them honest as well. It was the right decision to do. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that. And it's not about Ryan Lamb staying on, because if Ryan Lamb stayed on, we'd still lost the game, I believe. We just it didn't have the ball like, after that point. We just, no. They stuck it at the jumper. They were European champions. I think, well, I think they were European champions then. If they weren't, they were reigning premiership champions because that's what Barnes, Stuart Barnes said in the commentary. Mm. Well, they were the English um, champions at the time, yeah. 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 And we, I just wanted to say because normally I get the fact wrong. So I no, no, no. You know I actually know a fact was correct for a change that I'm speaking about. Um, but they were um, they, they were the kings around and the right decision was to bring someone who was more pragmatic. Unfortunately, they were just so brilliant they kept the ball themselves and stuck it at a jumper and we didn't we just think we couldn't finish the game off. For all our individual brilliance, they were outstanding and credit the, to them. The, the reason I picked that try, so technically it, technically it may not be one of the best tries that we scored, one of the best team tries or individual tries, but it was the excitement that it left all the fans with after oh. the game that lives long in the memory. Yeah, Joe Worsley's eyes. Well, I think Joe Worsley's eyes are... It's a crescendo it built to as well because... For as brilliant as Bailey's try, that try followed on from the Ryan Lamb try as well. And you yeah. had the Ryan Lamb little stink through front right after Anthony Allen. So yeah. literally, we kicked off. We had t- the, the, I think we kicked off. They defend. They tried to come out. We turned the ball over. It comes to Ryan Lamb. He dinks it through when Anthony Allen goes underneath the post. Next thing you know, we've made a break from, as you said, from our 22. Hayden Thomas has done that slide. We've recycled the ball. The ball's come out to Ryan Lamb. He's thrown the most outrageous dummy. He's gone underneath the post. He's got, at that point, scored. he's just yeah. he's, he's thriving uh, on confidence, isn't he? And when he got that yeah. ball he, underneath our own post, the whole crowd went, go on, because everyone saw it open up. It's, and and, that, and yeah. then you've got, no, then you've no, got the wonderful that's, try, that's which we're not allowed to mention because Ed won't allow us to say No, 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 go on. Jim, go on, you say it. It's you, well, Jim. No, I, everyone's saying everyone saw it. I didn't see it. Because I was too busy getting bloody married, so yeah. I, didn't, <laughs> I wasn't at that game. Oh, Jim! Um, I bet. Um, I bet. The you best, still wake up I mean, in the middle of the night thinking about that. The best then. game in the history of the world, and um, I was in I Vegas. Say, in Vegas, not really say, knowing I where so I was. Or... Got, I was so glad you got married abroad. I'm so glad you got married abroad. <laughs> Yeah, 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 unlike somebody else, Lawrence. Anyway, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so just, just so we'll move on to Jim now, shall we? Yeah. So just so, for, just for those of you who are listening, I decided to get married. Well, I decided to get married at a certain date. My wife decided a different date would be better, and it coincided with our win against Northampton under Ackerman a couple of years ago. And Ed was my best man, and Snow was at the wedding. Unfortunately, Jim was already at another wedding, or he had been there as well. So I mean, we all watched just it. Just a little joke. Yeah, <laughs> we, we all watched, watched it. Whilst we watched it. Yeah, but you know, 
Anyway, Jim, your, your favourite try. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my favourite try is a little bit earlier than that one. Um, so my okay. favourite try is from the 2001-2002 season. It was the 29th of December, 2001. Yeah. And we were playing Newcastle. Right. And it had a very young Simpson Daniel that was uh, a big part of the build-up. Um, <laughs> after a, a nice bit of turnover work after we lost possession sort of five metres out. Um, Simpson Daniel works his magic and passes it to our superstar on the other wing, which was Phil mm. Vickery. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, so Phil Vickery steamrolled over from, I think it was 340 metres. Phil <laughs> Simpson Vickery. If you Phil ask Simpson him. Yep. Um, there was a bit of a show, a bit of a go, um, and he took about, I think he took 17 of the Newcastle squad with him <laughs> over the line. Um, to score well, it wouldn't surprise me if Rob Andrew got involved in cheap uh, and, and it was just, it was kind of the the far side as as I'm looking is about as far away from me as you can possibly get in the shed. Um, yeah, uh, it was the corner, the the tump end, uh, sort of grand in front of the pigeon huts, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, and it was just one of those. Oh my God! Because we turned it, we turned the ball over on the other corner, so we kind of thought, oh, that's opportunity lost. We got the ball back. Swung through, and and it was just one of those. Wow, he's he's done an incredible job to to get over the line there in all that traffic, um, and the um, the replay of uh, well, Rob, Rob Andrew's face. I mean, I could well, brilliant, I, could, wasn't it? I could look at that over and over again all day long because he was not best pleased. He was my And then we went on to win the game. We was... went on to win the game 29-25, which is always Yeah, the, which is the one we touched on previously when my, or when I turned around and said I'll come back. My my recollection from that was they we were attacking and they turned us over and then kicked the ball out and the ball was popped we well not kicked the ball out, sorry, they kicked the ball clear but didn't hit touch. And, came, and Simpson Daniel ended with the ball in his hands. And he countered, and then the ball got spread wide out, and it was Phil Vickery who was out on the wing, about, as you said, 340 metres out, or probably nearer 20, 20. metres out. Let's yeah. not mention what he was doing on the far touchline, at, uh, having, yeah. been, having <laughs> a number of rucks over the other side of the pitch previously. Yeah, that's probably the bigger question we need to ask. But uh, uh, I think that was an early time. indication of the pod system, Snowy. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I must admit, I can't be too critical with how I played the game as a fat, lazy bastard, but I'm not saying Phil Vickery was that, but I'm just saying... I was going to say, mate, probably don't tell Phil yeah. Vickery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it does make you wonder why when all the fours were on the other side of the pitch, he was out there, but thank God he was, because in all fairness, in our team, who else could have scored that? Well, no, the yeah. interesting thing... So I that don't, don't, think anyone, don't think anyone else would have gone from that far out with that many defenders to beat. So Jim, the, the the thing is, so that was in, actually that try was almost directly in front of where I was standing because I used to stand uh, in, on the old grandstand. I used to stand on the grandstand steps uh, at that far end. So I kind of saw the beauty of Phil Vickery uh, destroying people as he went past me, and then sort of finished in the corner. Um, and it is it is one of still if you get it's on YouTube. So I would definitely recommend to any of our listeners search it out. Uh, Phil Simpson Vickery, I think it might be called on YouTube. It is an absolute belter of a try. And well, that's certainly what Barnsley called him anyway. Barnsley calls him, yeah, yeah. Phil, Phil Simpson Vickery. Um, a, yeah, it was a sellout, sellout Christmas game. Um, 11,000 capacity back then. Um, felt more, didn't it? It always felt more. 
Yeah, well, it probably was. I mean, it's eleven thousand. Well, most of, well, yeah, because the thing is, you, ch- you chuck your season ticket book shut. over the wall, and someone else can come you in. Go around through, yeah. You yeah. might have done gym, but I was never party to that. I just want to clarify. Uh, um, so, Laws, on to you, mate. What's your favourite try? Lost oh, try. There's, um, there's been you know some cracking tries that have been scored, which goes without saying. But for me, it's such an intricate move. And then when you factor in when it happened as well, it was the um, I think it was Nicky Robinson's try, or was it Full Marner? I can't remember. I think it was Nicky Robinson scored the try, but it was him and Full Marner Sapolu in the um, at Franklin's Gardens against Newcastle in the uh, LV Cup final where they passed yes. in, they passed out, they in, they're out, boom, boom, boom. Wonderful change of hands. And oh, they passed between each other about 18 times on the way to the line. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it was the fact that it was one of those moments where you, if you were a Newcastle sporter, you just have to say fair play. Right? Elliot Daly did the same thing for Wasps, not in the same manner, but he stepped Trinder at King's home and went from 40 metres out and he just done him with just the most fabulous footwork uh, like five, six years ago for Wasps. And you, all you could do is just turn around and say, fair play. And that passing, there's no way you could defend it. It was, it was draw the man, pass, which put the other person through, pass, which beat the next man, pass back inside and then it was a pop back straight again and then it put the last player past the full-back and underneath the post. It was You just couldn't defend. It's one of those moments where it was just sheer skill by two players that you couldn't defend against. And is it the greatest Troy Gloucester ever scored? Probably not. But it's certainly one of I think, to be fair, mate, it's up there. If you, if you look there. at... I think that's still again, Interestingly, though, as a, as a thread, as a sort of common thread within this uh, bit of the podcast... Uh, I was also in Las Vegas at that game, so I, I was I wasn't able to attend that game as well. We don't go to Vegas in... that often as a group, do we? No, not really. Uh, but it, it just happened to be that I was in Vegas uh, when that. Um, I think I think actually technically I was flying over the Atlantic at the time. Maybe that. Maybe maybe this is where we should do our um, the viewing. You know the in uh, Vegas. Watch along because <laughs> we we haven't actually been in Vegas together. I, yes, I'm not sure that's entirely a good idea, Lawrence. I don't want to go to Vegas with you, Lawrence. For many reasons, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say Donald Trump is the first one. There we go. Uh, my, my final bit, final bit of the podcast this week. So um, my favourite try uh, ever scored Burgos to play. And um, annoyingly, because everyone else has picked all the other tries that I would have probably chosen, um, I did have to think a, bit, a little bit about this. So it's, I've narrowed it down to three, and I've had to choose one of those three. Uh, and that one is probably going to be a try that was scored in the Power Gen Cup final in 2003 by James Forrester. Um, mainly because I don't think any other Gloucester player, probably in the history of Gloucester rugby, could have ever scored that try in that manner. It, it was like, it, if, if people don't know it, it was uh, the ball gets played out from the back of a, of a ruck. James Forrester catches it on an, uh, 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 and he's on, a, on an angle. I think he's got a prop and a second row between him. And unlike many other back row players or even backs, for Django would get the ball and he would just stick it under his arm and go. Um, and he, he just, from about 40 yards, sprints full into the, and, and scores. And uh, it's, it's unbelievable. And, I just think to myself, there aren't many. Yeah, there aren't many players that can do that for a start. And 
I don't think Gloucester have had any players that can do that since him. He's just, he was just a freak of nature. And <laughs> Yeah, it was like he had dislocatable hips, wasn't it? Because he could just swerve people and flat out and someone that size to be able to do what he did was just astonishing. Well, he was the first player to do the spiral thing that's quite common in American football. And he was spiraling yes. out of tackles, wasn't he? So he was yeah. getting that first impact as he was on the turn. People would only have half a grip of him. And he was so dynamic. He was just accelerating accelerating away from their um, poor grip. And then by the time the next person's near him, he's gone. He's also responsible for the, the second try that I was going to say, which was against a London Irish in the Challenge Cup final. That's which, what I was just going down the route of. Which was, was un, I mean, that, again, that was one of those tries that was directly in front of me. I was in the, in the stoop crowd. And I, it, I mean, I've never known tension ever like it and it was just amazing um for him to have the whereabouts to kick the ball firstly as a back row player but then have the speed the awareness and the skill at the end to finish i, I mean he's just an incredible it's it's i still think to this day i wonder what we lost as a club and as a country in him losing the best part of his career through injury because he was probably the most talented back row player this club's ever yeah, had. I think he yeah. was he was the first of a group of players, wasn't he? Really, because now it's quite normal to have like that level of like balance, flexibility, speed in your back row. Yeah. But at that point in time, your your back row were just a slightly lighter group of lumps behind your second oh, it row. Was, it was your um, Neil backs. You were yeah. the two things. You were either a massive lump or you were a lightweight. Um, whereas he came along. And he was switched between the two. He, and also, he, so he had the feet, he had the hands. He was the, he was the beginning of your complete back row player where he could do everything. He could tackle, he could scavenge. He had the feet, he had the hands. It, it, he was just a special player. And it, it's just, it, it, it was Dean Ryan being the number eight just got hold of him. And it, it, he wasn't starting for Gloucester at eight for a while. He did obviously in uh, 2003 get on and play. But Dean Ryan was starting to turn him into the more complete number eight. He was teaching him as a number eight himself what he needed to do traditionally as a number eight and also to bring in his what the unique skill set which he had at the time. And he was just becoming a phenomenal player. I'm ready to take international rugby by storm when he got injured at Bristol, and that was it. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I, I just think to myself, you know, what, as a player, what we lost, we lost the best years of him through injury. Um, and as and you know, you think about that. We were coming to that era, that end of the era where you know people like Delalio and, um, and and the ilk who were coming to the end of their career. And you just thought, well, Forrest is that natural? He's going to be that step up. He's going to take it in, and he's going to go take it forward. And unfortunately, a freak injury. At the last game of the season at Bristol, and that's it. Um, it's, it's been such a shame that he, we missed back. It's good to have him back at the club. He's now coaching our women's team, I believe, um, as part of the coaching setup there. So it's great to have him back at the club. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, we will talk. I think we've had a few people um, suggest this on our on our podcast, um, or Twitter podcast uh, uh, threads and stuff. You know, when are we going to start to maybe talking to ex-players and stuff? And that's he's certainly one of those players that I would absolutely love to have a chat with, um, maybe next season and and um, and and have a have a conversation about him and um, basically blow smoke up his ass because 
I think we all love him. Um, oh, anyway. All jokes aside, he deserves it. He was a special player. He, he's, look, he's not in the same league as the likes of Lombard, but he changed the game to an extent. He changed what Batrose did. He was exceptional. Uh, he never managed to fulfill his whole ability because of injury, but he just got to the stage where he was in danger of changing what people thought about as back rows. They couldn't oh, no longer yeah. either just smash it or just tackle. They had to do both and they had to make the outside break as well. And well, the team, a lot teams of would be worried, teams. teams would be worried yeah. when you're playing against a player like him. You go, ah, hang on. We're going to arrange our, our game to, to counteract players like exactly Mingo, rather than have, well, we'll do our thing and they can react. He, we, I remember when during an injury crisis, we played him at set inside centre at Sar- against Saracens in those money matches. You know, you, it was uh, we we had to play Saracens at um, Twickenham to qualify for the high. Oh yeah, the yeah, yeah. Play. And we were so decimated by injuries. He played inside centre, and he didn't let the team down at all because he had the skill set, the hand, he had the pace. But it just meant that we were down James, uh, James Forrester, who could. Do it from um, go Batra. from yeah. four, f- sixty meters out like he did against the Barbath. We all rave about the James James Simpson Daniel try for the Bar- England against the Barbath, but let's not forget that the ball came to James Forrester sixty sixty five meters out, and he skinned a lot of them and scored himself as well. So it was you know it, it wow what player he yeah. could have been. Well, that that kind of brings us on to um, maybe Gloucester player legend. You know who could have done better, and maybe another. Uh, that's, a, that's a very good point. Another so, article for another uh, podcast. Yeah. So next next week we can maybe talk about the players who didn't quite. You know, we, players that probably the didn't nearly quite men. fulfill yeah. the nearly men of the nearly men of Gloucester. That's a good one. Right. Um, yeah, on that note, we'll leave it there. Fair share of those, to be fair. That's We've had a lot of those. Yeah. Especially um, with injur- injuries, unfortunately, getting in, uh, injuries is. I think injuries and unfortunately massive drastically losses of form is the other one as well. Um, but um, yeah, so we'll leave it there. But I'll, I'll, um, what we'll do is I'm going to try and have a, a conversation with one of our other exiled Gloucester supporters in the week. And there might be a special podcast that will go out, just me having a chat with him. Uh, and then um, next week we will actually have a rugby game to talk about, which I'm so excited about. Yeah, uh, I know. And um, so we'll, we'll do that. And um We'll speak to you guys again soon. So thanks very much and uh, all the best. Have a good evening. Enjoy your tea, Snowy. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. (laughs)